Hello, my name is Ginny Buckley. I'm a journalist, broadcaster, and the founder of Electrifying.com. And this is Pioneers from the team at Bridgestone EMEA. It's a podcast about sustainability, mobility, and innovation. EV uh, should be part of your lifestyle. I think solar vehicles have got a much bigger chance of making it in South Africa. If you combine good engineering, technology and data with a vision of the future, we can make a fully connected future happen. The race for EV adoption is on. So here in the UK, where I'm based, sales of electric cars have risen by 70% in the last year, and they now represent one in six of new cars on UK roads. Sales have doubled globally in 2021 to a new record of 6.6 million, with China and Europe playing a key role in driving that growth. And meanwhile, more electric cars were sold globally in a single week in 2022 than in the whole of 2012. But the situation is very different from region to region. Different terrains, individual market challenges, different approaches to legislation or charging infrastructure. And that means that uptake varies wherever you are in the world. So in this episode of Pioneers Podcast, we're going to be discussing global rates of EV adoption and why there's a compelling case for traditional fuel vehicles in many parts of the world. And I'm joined in this conversation by Mariska Matadin, EV Strategy and Incubation at Bridgestone Mobility Solutions and Tatuka Hadibi, Product Manager at Bridgestone South Africa. It's great to have you both here today. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Doing awesome this morning. Uh, very sunny morning although in the middle of winter in South Africa. Uh, looking forward for this discussion. Well, it's not raining in the UK where I am for once, so I'm glad the sun is shining on us. I'm really, I think to get this discussion going, it'd be really interesting to get the picture, a picture from each of you of what EV, is, EV adoption is like in your region. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the EV landscape in Amsterdam is quite well equipped. I see a lot of uh, charges around, like public charges, but also private charges. Also, not only uh, the vehicles, also different urban mobility, like bicycles, of course, in Amsterdam, there are many bicycles, um, but we also see a shift happening around being an electric bicycle. If you look out my window, you will probably not see, uh, easily see um, an electric vehicle. Uh, but they're out there and uh, it's growing. I think the EV evolution in, in, in my country and my region is is really, really far from where, um, you know, the European, um, you know, markets is. Um, I think, you know, one of the challenges, we face a lot of challenges um, in, in our markets and one of them really um, is basically the infrastructure, you know, the charging infrastructure that's needed um, to be able to support these kind of um, vehicles in our markets. Um, you know, um, obviously, I mean, petrol stations and diesel stations uh, are ubiquitous uh, in our country. They're everywhere. I mean, I think you drive just a, a couple of miles and, and you see one. To be able to match that um, will, one, be expensive, and two, uh, will obviously make the government lose a lot of revenue since they apply so many um, levies to our um, sort of fuel cost. I think 30, 33% um, of our fuel costs is government and tax levies. And another thing, of course, is that our, our public power utility is under enormous pressure. 
So as a developing market, uh, we find ourselves having about two hours uh, worth of blackouts every day, which is, uh, you know, a, a slight deterrent, um, but um, it also, um, you know, encourages people uh, to, you know, to get uh, other means of, of getting power, like solar power and so forth, meaning that they, they go out completely uh, from the grid and even more, um, you know, uh, getting out of that uh, fuel uh, levies that we pay to the government. So, yeah, so I think um, those are the challenges uh, that, that we basically f- uh, face. That's why I think the adoption of EV, EV vehicles have been very slow in, in, in our country. In Europe, you know, we see a lot of EVs. What we're seeing, you know, the infrastructure increasing. What do you think? Obviously, you're um, you're at the centre of automotive innovation at Bridgestone Mobility Solutions in Amsterdam. So, from your perspective, what's fueling the growth of EV adoption in Europe? The, the fundamental reason uh, for EV growth in Europe is government government rules and regulations. Uh, surrounding uh, CO2 emissions. Uh, Government and cities have introduced regulations and incentives to accelerate uh, the shift to sustainable mobility, Um, but also technology is is quite developing quick in Europe. Um, So there are many industry players, uh, they are getting up to speed in this automotive uh, industry uh, as they develop new concepts of electric cars, uh, connected cars, autonomous driving, but also shared mobility in urban spaces, which is uh, quite exciting, um, but it's also being disruptive in, uh, in, in the cities. It's interesting um, because we focus very much on electric vehicles in Europe. I mean, there is discussion amongst hydrogen as well, and there are some hydrogen vehicles on sale, but it's very much, um, you know, EV EV dominated because obviously things like hydrogen, like solar, you know, they may have to play a much bigger part there, perhaps. From my perspective, hydrogen powered vehicles can also be refueled in just a few minutes while uh, battery powered require a bit of yeah, more time to charge batteries. Uh, but the technical challenges, they are also around facing uh, hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles. It's, it's not for uh, the short range vehicles, like uh, in a city deliverable ve- vehicles for last mile delivery, but it would be more applicable for the long distance transport. I think solar vehicles have got a much bigger chance of making it in South Africa. We've got about 2,500 hours of sun per year. I mean, that's seven hours of sun per day. I wish we could um, uh, deliver you some sunlight. <laughs> Please do so. <laughs> Let's stay with solar for a little, um, for a while. And uh, Tatuka, I'd really like you to talk to me about this uh, partnership that Bridgestone have got in South Africa with uh, I hope I get this right. The Ilanga Cup, have I pronounced that correct? Which is, it's fascinating. It's a solar powered car race, which I have watched from afar and found really interesting. Just tell me how that partnership works. I think I'll start by just translating what Ilanga actually means. So it's a Zulu word um, that means uh, sun. Um, so uh, I think it, they've actually named it very well because of you know it being uh, you know a solar uh, powered race. Um, but yeah, we have we have obviously you know this um, partnership that we have with the Langa Cup. It happens annually um, where different teams um, you know from different parts of the country come and they, you know they design cars and they uh, build these cars that are that have to be solar powered and then uh, go on a race to see to test for endurance to t- uh, to test for mileage. 
to test for a lot of things that um, you know that uh, have to do with uh, vehicles. So um, I think you know with this partnership, you know we've actually positioned ourselves in a position where we want to show uh, the country and show um, you know our region that um, you know we are a company that um, believes in renewable energy, that believes in circular economy. Um, and we've seen great vehicles there. There's one-manned vehicles. I also saw um, a Beetle that uh, runs f uh, f fully on solar power. I think it has um, a solar, solar panel mounted on top of it. And it was amazing to see um, what you know these vehicles can do and, and, and what the community can build uh, given a chance. Let's just turn to, to fleets because, um, you know, fleet sales make up, you know, a huge percentage of all the cars that we, we sell and driven around the globe. Um, and they play a huge role in this energy transition, but obviously transitioning a whole fleet of, of cars uh, from a company, you know, you're facing different kinds of challenges. How is Bridgestone, are you supporting fleets so that they can take a lead in this? The, the fleets are facing a lot of challenges by... Uh, replacing their existing fleets towards an uh, towards uh, EV uh, on different levels from uh, passenger vehicles, light commercial vehicles, trucks and buses. All those type of vehicles are facing challenges, especially around how to transform my whole fleet towards a sufficient uh, fleet which will work every day. So we need to go from point A to B in a sufficient way and in a convenient way. So how do we do that? How do we operate the daily business? And that's really challenging for uh, for the fleets uh, regarding to that. Uh, there are also some challenges around how to make my charging infrastructure happen because do we need to do that on the, on the depots? Do we need to charge public? Do we need to charge private? So there are many questions around how to operate uh your fleet in uh in 24 for, for 24 hours um because the business should and move on so that's uh that, that's also a challenge i think another thing as well is this just the labor pool that we have of you know mechanics and people that can fix trucks and fix uh fleet vehicles and so forth i think um obviously with this with with this being a new technology, um, that sort of labor will be either scarce or expensive or both, right? Um, uh, so I think you know uh, our fleets are resting on um, a sort of a foundation of years of, of of people that have been skilled, you know, uh, to work and fix these type of engines. Uh, I'm talking now the normal sort of internal combustion combustion engines. So it'll take a long time to actually upskill, you know, that that labor pool to be able to fix an EV vehicle. Yeah, a fascinating stat for me is that by 2030, the global electric vehicle stock will reach nearly 200 million vehicles. It's That's 10% of the global fleet. And we're not that far off 2030. Um, but it does mean there will still be a huge amount of, um, of ICE cars and, and vehicles on our roads. Do you, do you both believe that we will really have an all-electric, fully connected future globally? Or can you imagine a situation where some markets are uh, you know, fully powered by electric and, and others are not? Yeah, I, I think we can make it happen. Uh, we can make a fully connected future happen, actually, uh, if we combine good engineering, technology and data with a vision of the future. 
Um, and I also think that disruption is needed to move the old legacy forward and to have an electric future. Um, and I also foresee a more hybrid future where we have electricity, hydrogen, solar, and other technologies uh, and developments uh, as accelerator of decarbonizing the mobility and being a more sustainable uh, and or having a more sustainable future. Um, so it will be more a combination, but I think, yes, I believe in a connected future. From a, from an African uh, perspective or South African perspective, I think, yes, I'd also foresee uh, a future where, you know, 100% of the of, of our markets is basically uh, electrified when it comes to, to vehicles. However, I don't think it's as, as imminent as, uh, you know, um, an already developed markets like uh, Europe and um, some other developed markets. Um, I think uh, simply um, a developing sort of market like South Africa cannot afford the type of infrastructure that's needed to support this type of of, of uh, initiative as quick as as you know Europe would do it. Yes, it will take a couple of years, but uh, I see that we are going that way. Cars are going to have to change a bit, aren't they? They're going to become mobility solutions, perhaps. You know, they'll be more functional. Um, we've got a car here in Europe called the Citroen Ami. I don't know if either of you know that that vehicle. And, and it's it's a small mobility solution. It's, you know, several thousand euros. You can hire it by the month, by the day in cities. And it's the it, it's it's basically um, heavy duty plastic. It's molded. It's symmetrical on each side. So it makes it less expensive. You know, how important are, you know, advances like that? And I guess rethinking, how important is rethinking mobility, Mariska? Yeah, that's a really good question. And in essence, I believe that EV uh, should be part of your lifestyle. So it's all about your mindset. And if you have the mindset, like the button, like, okay, I will be driving in a different way. I will be accelerating in a different way. I need to do my route planning in a different way. I need to commute to my work. I need to commute to for groceries or vacation or anything else. It needs a different mindset. And I think if it's part of your lifestyle, it will be, uh, it will be happening for sure. Uh, my, my, I drove my first electric vehicle five years ago which uh, with the kilometers of 150, I think it was a range of max of 150 kilometers. And it was uh, disturbing me a bit because, uh, of course, in Netherlands, it's not that wide. Um, but still, I want to travel for my vacation or I want to do my... I was I was commuting for business as well. It was kind of challenging. So I think also um, change of mindset will help you to get through this whole journey. Um, now, the range is more... Yeah, broader, I would say. So we have uh, 400 plus, 600 plus now even, even 1,000 plus. That, uh, that's what they say. Um, but I think that will also help to shift uh, towards this whole EV journey. And Tutuka, um do you drive an EV? Have you? Do you own one? If you don't, what would help you perhaps um, make that switch? If I drove an EV, I'll be like the 0.001% of our population that <laughs> has an EV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't own an EV, uh, but have driven one, have been uh, lucky enough to, to drive one. I think there's nothing um, an um, internal combustion vehicle that an EV can't do. 
um i always get when i whenever i'm talking about ev vehicles somebody will always say um you can't drive it from johannesburg to cape town which is about maybe a thousand five hundred kilometers um but who does that anyway right <laughs> um no one no nobody buys a vehicle so that they can drive that many kilometers at a go um i mean the most you'll do is probably 70 kilometers a day if you're living in uh, other province of Gauteng, which is the sort of economic hub and you know how many times will you fill up a week i mean uh, when i had the ev i think i had it for a week and i only had to charge it once it's it's actually a very very good solution uh, if we can really get the price down, I think the adoption will be, will be will be very good. Price down, more infrastructure in the right places. I think those are the keys, aren't they? Um, sadly, this is I've loved talking to you both. It's been really fascinating hearing the different stories um, from from where you sit. Any final thoughts before I have to sadly let you go? Yeah, I think I, th- I think on my side, thank you very much for this talk. Uh, very, very fruitful. I learned a lot of what's going on in Europe as well. Uh, you guys are obviously the leaders uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, electric vehicles. Um, I think uh, even though I said, uh, you know, my country is not at that level yet, but I think, you know, with you guys pioneering it and making all the mistakes that you can possibly make, we can <laughs> leverage off that, right? <laughs> so make as many mistakes. <laughs> So please, guys, go ahead, make as many mistakes as you can, and we'll follow right behind. (laughs) Oh, I I don't think I want us to make any more. I think we've made enough. Thank you. (laughs) But what a great point to leave this on. I think it's about, isn't it, collaboration. You said it really well, both of you. Keep talking to each other. And we will keep talking on Pioneer's podcast by Bridgestone. So a huge thanks to both Mariska and Tatuka for joining me today. Thanks to you for listening. For our colleagues in Bridgestone, EMEA, you can read much more on this on Be Connected, EMEA. For everyone else, keep an eye on the LinkedIn page for the latest news. My name is Ginny Buckley. Thank you for listening to Pioneers Podcast by Bridgestone. Goodbye.